Oh, wake up, Norwich University Cadet Nation, and welcome back to Reveille, the official podcast of Norwich Athletics. I am Tanner Acebo. Glad to be with you for our June episode. We've got a great conversation with Norwich University head men's rugby coach Bob Wegler, fresh off the plane from returning from the Sevens National Championships down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Before we get to that, we want to thank you for listening, however you may be, and wherever you may be listening on uh, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher and on the Apple iTunes app. Without further ado, let's get to Coach Wegler. It is the June edition of Reveille, the official podcast of Norwich University Athletics, and I'm very glad to be joined in person, uh, fresh off the plane, <laughs> coming back from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, Norwich University men's rugby head coach, Bob Wegler. Thank you. Um, coach, uh, in uh, this is your second time. We were just talking before we came on air here. This is your return visit to the show. A lot's changed since then. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I remember back then you were you're about to go on on the on the big bike trip there. Um, so we don't really have to go through and do the whole "this is your life" thing because we've done that before. Yes, uh, we can get we can get right into it here. Great. Um, you you just got back from the NCR Sevens National Championships in New Orleans, Louisiana. Tell me about the experience, both on the pitch or pitches, I guess, as there were multiple pitches in play at once. Correct? Yes. And uh, yeah, so you know, tell us about the experience, both on and and off the pitch. Well, you you don't get to the uh, NCR uh, Sevens March Madness um, National Championships. Uh, without the preparation. So a little bit of what came beforehand. Yeah. Um, there was only one player uh, that had experience, and that was Rashawn Frazier, but that was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So this was a totally brand new, inexperienced sevens team. And the only, excuse me, we did have one experienced player, and that was Leo, our, our captain. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he got injured in February, so he, he hasn't, you know, hadn't played for months. So there's a very inexperienced group, but very athletic. And um, we went down to a Division One AIC tournament, and we lost a close game to AIC, and we beat Browns first. So that, w- that was an indication. I thought maybe we could have a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. And then, then we, you know, we were undefeated in St. Mike's tournament, undefeated in Chris Munn's tournament, and then we were undefeated in our conference tournament. But uh, we didn't get an uh, enormous amount of competition Many of those teams were inexperienced like us, but didn't have the athletic ability. So we won a lot of games by a fair amount of points, which doesn't indicate what a true sevens. And usually you're battling, particularly in, in a national championship uh, situation. But um, we made it through. Um, we qualified. Uh, a little bit different this year as we graduated quite early. It was April 30th. Yeah, I was going to say there was an interesting kind of travel element to, yeah, to this year. There was a whole four weeks that mm-hmm. went on. And I chose to let the kids or let the players um, take a little break, mm-hmm. particularly ones that have graduated, to enjoy that moment in time. And also for some players to go back and work a little bit. They needed to make money. Mm-hmm. So they returned on May 20th. And some of them left. So pretty much almost four weeks. And only eight players were able to make it back. Uh, and we had uh, double sessions for three days, three and a half days of uh, rugby which was pretty intense which is good and many of the players that came back for that particular time frame were uh, freshmen who were inexperienced in seven so it was a good 
good good time for us to prepare. Mm-hmm. So then we all met in uh, New Orleans. Now it's quite a logistic. Uh, yeah, we had you know players coming from Brussels, Puerto Rico, Florida, Las Vegas, and then our group. And one of our players, uh, Richard Mitchell, uh, just commissioned into the army, and he's in the Vermont National Guard, and he was in Macedonia. So wow. he actually missed our flight, uh, team flight. He was going to be in Boston, so he came on Wednesday before uh, on his own. So we hadn't really worked together as a unit in like four weeks. So we had uh, two and a half days of practice before we played, and that was really good for us to acclimate to uh, acclimate to the heat. Yeah. To the surroundings and just being back together as a team. Um, we, during the camp we had at Norwich before we left in New Orleans, we really progressed quite a bit. The camaraderie, we did a lot of team building, we went bowling. Um, we were, it, it turned out to be really hot and we battled through that and that was a great preparation for New Orleans. But then we still had five more plays to come back and join in. So we kind of went backwards a little bit mm-hmm. on that, but it was fine. Um First day, we went, you know, 3-0. Mm-hmm. Won three matches, and I felt really good. Uh, but unfortunately, in, in the first match, uh, our tall um, Aiden Mahar and, and Richard Mitchell both got injured. Aiden in the first game, Richard in the second game. So our vertical height in the restarts uh, wasn't there, and, that, and that's a good advantage in seven. So we, we battled through that. It was 3-0, and... and Felt really good about our quarterfinal match with uh, Northern Iowa, who we had played uh, in the final four for the Constellation third place match, and it was it was we won, but it was very close. Mm-hmm. And they're they're a solid program, really very good team, well coached, and uh, we scored scored right off the bat, and then they tied it five five at half, and then beginning of the second half we scored converted, we went up to twelve five. We had a little defensive breakdown, and they scored again to 12-12. Went battle back and forth. We had an opportunity to win it on a quick tap right near the try line, and one of my players, he when he tapped the ball, there's got to be some little separation to let go of the ball. He mm-hmm. felt he had the separation, but the ref called it back. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disheartening because we had it on video that there was separation. Anyway, that's part of that's part of sports. That's part of rugby, mm-hmm. and they still had to go like you know. 80 meters to score and we, we could have played you know defense and kept them and have scored ourselves it just wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. uh then the next two games uh the fifth game I chose to play the reserves I worked hard to come back in Norwich uh, and travel to New Orleans uh and once we were not in the championship run mm-hmm. I felt it was more important uh, we lost a really close game to University of North Carolina Wilmington and then by the time we got to the sixth game, the third game of the day, mm-hmm. after about five or six hours in the heat, uh, we had about, I think, five out of eight starters battling injuries, or some of them playing and others not. So it was, and we lost to Georgetown. It was a very good sevens team in the final uh, game of, of the weekend, 24-26-5, uh, um, you know, I told my guys at the very end they were really bummed because they really wanted to be playing in the semifinal, which meant you got to be on national t- rugby network mm-hmm. on TV on on Monday. Uh, you know, n- no reason to, to hold your head uh, down because 
none of you guys played sevens, very little experience, and you got this far. So mm -hmm. you should be really proud. And it's not always about what the scoreboard has to say. You know, uh, in my thesis, Winning with Integrity, my epilogue at the end talks about, um, you know, winning with integrity doesn't necessarily mean that you won on the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. So we really battled, worked hard, and um, prepped, did everything possible. It just didn't go the way we wanted to. And, and, that, you, and you have a bunch of guys that now have that experience kind of under their belt. Yes. For the future of their careers, too. It's kind of, you know, not, I guess, frustrating for me because it's our third straight mm -hmm. uh, quarterfinal that would have put us in the semifinal. Uh, and we hadn't played sevens in three years. So 2019, we were in Tucson and lost to Whitewater mm -hmm. in, the, in the quarterfinal. And then the year before that in Denver, we lost to uh, Bloomsburg on a missed tackle and we lost 14-12. So, you know, sevens is a very cruel sport. Um, sometimes you get the breaks, sometimes you don't. Momentum, injuries, you just, it's sometimes I like to refer to it as like Russian roulette. You just really don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it exciting. So uh, very happy with the uh, players, the student athletes, how hard they worked to, to get where we were uh, this past weekend. And then everybody uh, on Tuesday morning went their ways mm -hmm. all over the country. I winded up coming back with two players. I get in um, 11 o'clock the last day of May. So we went from the middle of August in 15s mm -hmm. all the way to Houston to the middle of December. And then some of my guys played in an all-star um, in January, and then so pretty much we've played ten straight months. So no regrets. Traveled a lot of different places. The kids battled, uh, prepared, practiced. So so proud of them. Yeah, and like you mentioned, a ten month season split between the fifteens and the sevens. I feel like this is a good natural spot to to jump in and and for those of you out there that might not know the difference between. Rugby 15s and, and rugby 7s. Obviously, there are less people on the field. The field is smaller, correct? Uh, no. The field is the same size. It's the same size. So it's just a lot of running. It's just a lot of running. Oof. So, uh, so it's a different, different type of athletic person that plays 7s. It's somebody who has really good cardio, uh, and it's, it's very intense. Uh, it's a speed game, um, much more... Than 15s because in 15s remember you have the same size pitch but you have 30 people playing. Mm -hmm. um, that's over an eight, 80 minute period uh, where sevens is the same size pitch, seven aside, seven minute halves. So it's a very yeah. intense game and and how you uh, substitute is critical to get some fresh legs out there because by the time it's over. Um, I'd say everyone's gassed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... So, like, I watched the finals. We weren't in it, but Landers was in the finals against IUP. And mm -hmm. IUP is the team we played in the playoffs down in New Jersey for 15s. And we beat Landers on our third game of the first day, 22-7. And with two minutes left, they were ahead 7 nothing. And I thought they were going to win the national championship. But then uh, IUP did a nice job substituting. And they had some fresh legs. And it's all of a sudden, within two minutes, they scored three quick wow so landers went from seven to nothing possibly winning the national championship to, to losing um and, and some of that i think they were pretty tired it was a long 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 weekend well yeah and you mentioned the multiple matches in a yeah. day uh obviously it being in new orleans on the cusp of summer you yeah. know it's one thing if you're playing down there march april you know it's probably still hot but not as hot 
No, and then some of those you know teams like us, they haven't played in a few weeks. They had graduation, a lot of distractions. Uh, and those teams that did make it through Monday, they played three days, mm-hmm. not just two. So that's that's a lot. A third, yeah. Yep. And and there's always something to be said for you know you can't really practice game intensity right i mean you know yes. you can you can go through as many drills or as many situations you know here on the turf or over on the pitch but once you're on the field and there's another team coming at you exactly if we had an opportunity if we were in school we maybe would have went to a sevens tournament like mm-hmm. two weeks before but it was a full whole four weeks uh between we had any competition to when we actually came together as a team so considering all of that but everybody the other teams are going through those same things uh it, it was a great event um uh for ncr mm-hmm. it was like 72 teams multiple different divisions for men and women uh the weather was hot but it wasn't really humid so by and large it was a great success for for college rugby sevens ncrs uh, crcs and uh I'm so proud of what Norwich University uh, men's team did. And your teams have now made nine straight national tournament appearances, five in 15s and four in sevens. Yep. Uh, what's what's the secret? What's the, what's the secret sauce? <laughs> well, before we get to the secret sauce, sometimes I think of, uh, excuse me, the Buffalo Bills and the mm-hmm. Vikings have been to many championships and not have won it but you know in order to get to the national championships uh you know you have to win conference championships so mm-hmm. we, we've won i think in the last uh since t- 2016 the fall of 2016 of all the conference games we've played uh in 15s and 7s so it's a fair amount uh between 2016 that's six years worth uh we've lost one conference game 11 to 10 mm-hmm. to, to Bentley University so the secret sauce is um, take ownership, mm-hmm. um, be accountable, and no excuses. So for me, I look back, and this stretch has had almost like three different groups of players. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get through a run and you think that's it, and I and I did. Uh, you know, we we had a great run when. Uh, Tom St. Pierre was captain and, mm-hmm. and Keegan's leadership in sevens and, and you know and they graduated, we continued. And that was passed on to uh, Nate Rowling and Will Rambin and those guys took that torch. Uh, and then most recently the torch has been passed to Jack Tellison and Leo Clayberg in terms of leadership. Uh, so it it's leadership. Um, I know some of the uh, sports fans around the country are tired of hear tired tired of hearing of Tom Brady, Belichick, or the Patriots. But the Patriots have a Patriots way, mm-hmm. and I believe that Norwich has a Norwich way. You know, we um, we work hard. Um, I don't even think the word expectations is there. You know, it's just take ownership, be accountable, no excuses, and and you work hard. And it's next man up, you know, this mm-hmm. past weekend. In that last game, we had some – we had four freshmen who never played sevens, and we beat Landers, who was a national championship, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and things went way, our way that game. So it's it's always been the next man up, um, particularly this past uh, year. 
all the teams across the board are dealing with COVID, which means they were unable to develop uh, players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of teams were set back in the quality. Um, what benefited us was during COVID, we weren't able to like play a you know, real season in 15s and mm-hmm. 7s, but we were able to practice. We got some reps there. Um, I believe we were the only team in New England that played a rugby match last year. Mm-hmm. And we played uh, West Point's second side. They traveled to us, I think it was April 10th, and we lost 67 to nothing. And that was an eye-opener for some of my guys. And, and most of those players had never played before. And we practiced all winter, COVID tested for three mm-hmm. months, three days a week. So we could we had the protocol, and West Point had the protocol, so we were allowed to play. And that was, uh, you know, good experience. And then this past fall, we started up, I think we had two or three pe- players playing their position. You know, Leo Clayberg is an excellent player, but he's never played fly half. He had to play fly half. Jack Tellison is an excellent player. He played hooker or flanker, and he played number eight. So we had a, a lot of inexperience uh, and not necessarily a lot of hardness because they hadn't been used to the contact before because they haven't played because it's a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to start off, you know, my children who follow me said, what do you think, Dad? What do you think, Dad, this season? I said, you know, it's one of the weakest teams I've had in a long time. It's going to be a long season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we went 10-1. and one. It was like five minutes. We were tied with Adrian uh, in the semifinals. So I was so proud of the way the players were able to develop. Um, so when you look at those three phrases, take ownership, be accountable, no excuses, if you don't abide by that, you probably won't play, be playing on the first side. And if you abide by those three uh, criteria, criterias, um, you're probably uh, coachable. And if you're coachable throughout the season, what I'm most proud of is we're a much different team from the very beginning of the season to the end. And, and the same thing, you know, so we started out with, and, and a lot of college teams are like that. You know, you start a very inexperienced, particularly with COVID. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a very, layoff. very unique. And then this season, in the, in the seventh season, remember, teams had not played in three years. You know, because 2019, we, we did 15s, but the spring of yeah. 2020, we didn't. So it was three years. So all the colleges going through the same thing. So I was so proud of the way our players, our student athletes at Norwich University, uh, work through that um, challenge of no experience to go from very uh, a team uh, and some were missing early on because of COVID mm-hmm. and we battled through that and then we're in the final four in Houston you know to get there we had to beat some tough teams you know UMass Lowell is an excellent team University of Vermont within our conference uh, and then we had to go to New Jersey to be IUP who's an excellent team like they, they just won the seventh yeah. national championship yeah. and then we played beat them and then Georgetown I thought was I w- that was my pick f- to, for the seventh national championship to them and they had an excellent team um and we had to beat them to get to the and then we beat eight 
we lost Adrian, and then we had to play Northern Iowa, who met us this past year, past week, excuse me, not year, but weekend in sevens. So there's a lot of good teams out there in Division Two. It was very competitive. Uh, so just, you know, with that preparation comes confidence. Um, with confidence comes discipline. And all of that added together, you know, the outcome doesn't always have to go that way. I mean, just because you work really hard, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're going to get the results. And so for nine straight years, I look back and, you know, is it luck? You know, is it the players? It's all the above. And I have really good mentor coaches that come in and help me. Uh, Coach Betzler, who's a Hall of Fame USA Rugby. And uh, Ray Cornwell, who's in the Hall of Fame USA Rugby, as well as the Maccabee. And they're, they've been really um, good for me. You know, they keep me in line. Mm-hmm. So when they keep me in line, it's kind of go, you know, I realize how how critical and important it is to my development as a coach. So I relay that same message to my players, that how critical it is for me to be a coach and a mentor to them. Yeah, it's almost like a top-down thing. Yeah. You know, you're always working. If you're always working to be better, the people under you are going to be working to be better. Exactly. And it just keeps that cycle moving. Yep. And you mentioned kind of the leadership, the the cycles of leadership. That provides great continuity. When you have a group of leaders that learn under a previous group, and then by, by the time it's their time to lead, they understand the role, and then yeah. the people under them are ready to step into their shoes uh, a year or two later. Well, it's a... Uh, you know, it's, we're at 2022, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two days ago, June 1st, mm-hmm. uh, starts my 22nd year. And in 20, uh, excuse me, yeah, 2004, 2004, I got my master's in educational leadership. And my thesis was winning with integrity on becoming leader and coach. And, and a couple of coaches that I studied was Coach K and Bill Barcells. Mm-hmm. And Bill Barcells has, has a book called you know, finding a way to win. And and Coach K was pretty successful too. So, um, you know, it, it's the the effort you put into planning, the effort you put into mentoring, because, you know, this is an academic institution first and foremost at Norwich University. Uh, and then, which is the other, a third piece, which is unique to Norwich, is the military aspect of life. So there's a lot of, um, challenges to just to get the players and the student athletes on the pitch for practice, let alone the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we have to really live the model next man up because a lot of the kids can't be at practice or a game because of drill or any kind of other military type of commitment. And these are also, you know, young men that are ultimately going to lead in the field of battle or in the private sector somewhere as well. So they're able to take what they're learning on the leadership side academically and apply it to rugby and then kind of vice versa, apply what they're learning as leading a team and take that and, and lean into leading people in, in whatever form that may be. In this particular year of COVID where we really lacked experience, uh, we had a very experienced uh, captain 
uh, Leo Clayberg, who who played for the National Brussels team, and he did uh, an outstanding job as a leader in 15s. Uh, and then, you know, he also did a great job in sevens until he got injured. He was gone for about a month and a half on an uh, operation that he had to have back home. And then Jack had never played sevens, Jack Tullison, and, mm-hmm. and Jack did an excellent job leading. So, And then uh, Leo helped us out, you know, uh, in New Orleans as sort of a, not a an assistant coach. Uh, Ray Combo likes to use the word uh, coaching assistant mm-hmm. instead of assistant coach. So he was a really good coaching assistant and led on the sidelines. Um, so he was sort of that second captain. So mm-hmm. the leadership, I would say, is a big part of our success. But like we talked about just a little while ago, it's it's top down. Mm-hmm. It, it's what I learned from my coaches. You know, Ray Cornville was my coach at Old Blue. Um, so it's neat that we can pass it down to the, to the student athletes here at Norwich. We've kind of been looking back, you know, at the year and previous years for the upcoming academic year a full-time assistant coach, or as you said, a coaching assistant, uh, is being added to your program. Uh, again, as part as part of President Anarumo emphasizing athletics here since he's taken over. Uh, explain to me how big of an addition that is, getting a full-time assistant, and also what kind of responsibilities you foresee uh, for that position. Well, it's, you know, for 21 years I've been doing this a lot my, on my own, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. You know, and... and you know, the student athletes deserve another voice. So um, it relieves some of the uh, tension off of me. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we're in the process now. We haven't hired anyone. Mm-hmm. We just, just started uh, getting applicants. Um, but uh, so he, this is a true assistant coach, not a coaching assistant. So mm-hmm. coaching yes. assistant yeah. is, is, a, is a student kind of but mm-hmm. this is you know officially paid assistant coach and the new assistant coach is just gonna help me in all aspects of of the program but particularly um you know we played to the middle of December then we went right back in and played to the end of May so it's hard to get out on road recruiting mm-hmm. and, and so you know the assistant coach is going to help me with recruiting, which is going to be really good for our program and also good for the school uh, from a business aspect. Um, and, you know, day-to-day day breakdown of films, it's nice to have another voice. Mm-hmm. You know, the dialogue, I, I miss the dialogue. I do have the dialogue between my mentor coaches, mm-hmm. but this is a dialogue that's like constant. My mentor coaches are uh, from afar, you know, live. It's a remote. Yeah. They do come for its ta- a short time. But it's on the phone, and but this is day to day, a dialogue at a practice, uh, a breakdown film, uh, also you know help with equipment, and and you know I found through COVID, through COVID that a uh, during COVID at Norwich they could not do anything they were locked down except for go f- for a walk with their roommate mm-hmm. in the cold or go to a practice mm-hmm. so sports rugby is a big component of their mental health so to have another voice you know sometimes that 
personality is not going to connect with me. Mm-hmm. No matter how I try, it doesn't connect. So to have another voice is going to help uh, in the mentoring uh, of their personal life, their academic life, and the rugby life. You know, they may, you know, another coach is going to see a little different. And I'm really excited about that. And again, looking into the future, uh, when we spoke in our, our first our first interview all those years ago, uh, the the rugby clubhouse was was maybe just kind of an idea, you know, floating floating yeah. around in the ether, right? It wasn't yeah, a small sort of a small idea. But we met two years ago in June, mm-hmm. which is 2020, and in the fall of 2020, the Zoom uh, alumni weekend. A scrum alums group uh, announced the the uh, campaign for the new clubhouse. So it was October, early October of 2020. By May 1st of 2021, we had raised around $750,000, um, which was amazing. I sent 22 years of Christmas cards. <laughs> uh, you know, players that I might have... Uh, asked to leave the program for mm-hmm. different reasons mm-hmm. gave to the program because of what they learned mm-hmm. and that, that meant a lot to me and um, Randy Gates who's in the charge of that uh, campaign did an amazing job uh, he was excellent and uh, you know the school put up the rest and we now have a million dollar facility um, I'm so proud of we haven't really it's not totally finished yet Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, decorating, we just finished the inside at at the end of the fall season, so like trophy cases and things like that. So we'll have it all ready to go for this coming uh, fall season. So it, it, you know, we got a locker room for the women's team mm-hmm. and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Locker room for the men's team and a bathroom. Uh, we have a meeting area. Uh, we have Wi-Fi set up. There was going to be it was supposed to be a space for coaches' offices, and uh, I said, you know. We have our own offices here in Andrews. Let's take care of the players first. So we that's an athletic training room. Mm-hmm. So we have an ice machine so they can be t- taken care of in the clubhouse. So, And it's also, I think, a pride of the community, Northfield. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people walk their dogs there, and I've gotten so, so many compliments on how good the clubhouse looks. You know, so they did a great job. And... Um you know what do what do you foresee it uh, in, in the future as well? I mean, you got the, you got the new facility, like you said. You're gonna get the decorations going, get the trophies there. I hope you got a big case planned, by the way, for I got all a, the trophies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came. We got back from nationals in December, and they delivered the trophy case. Uh, so it's it's wrapped in bubble wrap uh, in in our clubhouse right now. So we got a you know a lot to do to kind of set it up mm-hmm. to to make it homey. Uh, to make it more personal right now it's, you know the walls are blank and things yeah. like that so really excited for that so you know in, in terms of you know these past two years since we last met you know we 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 now have a million dollar clubhouse yeah. we're gonna have an assistant coach coming in uh, we continued our winning ways which you know could have could have not happened but it did so, you know, the future is, it, it's a solid future because we have continuity, we have full support of the mm-hmm. university, full support of the athletic 
director's office, which many teams do not have. Um, and we have a great alumni support called the Scrum Alums. It, it's, it's the experience that they have while at Norwich, like many sporting teams do at colleges, but it's pretty unique because it's, it's challenging to navigate at Norwich through long winters if you're in the military. And the, the rugby for many of these guys, it's a, re, it's a release and camaraderie and brotherhood. To mm-hmm. see that over the course of time, you know, we just finished 50 years, uh, 51, but we, we celebrated 50 years because of the, the COVID. And um, Ronnie Damasi did a video of that, and it's, it's out there on YouTube if anyone wants to take a peek at it. It's just amazing you know, what uh, brotherhood there is. I can link it. I'll link it right in the description of yeah. this episode. So yeah. people can click the link right there and, and watch it. I've seen it. It's great. Yep. Uh, I mean, again, the for a sport, again, you know, growing up, you follow the big four sports, right, in America. Yep. Um, but in my time here and my time at Franklin Pierce, where the rugby was a pretty big thing there, I had friends that went to Johnson State College. Their rugby team was a pretty big thing there. But uh, the, the history, the camaraderie, uh, and to see, you know, the the, the black and white photos of the, those first couple teams, right? Yes. Uh, to actually see that history in front of you is a lot different than kind of, you know, hearing stories or overhearing stories, right? You you can see, you can visualize it, you can feel it. Yeah, we had a lot of people back for the 50th. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, uh, Plumley Auditorium there yeah. in the gym. It's pretty big, and we had a full... I mean, I remember the broadcast in the games from yep. the pitch and the crowd. I mean, the the tailgating turnout, all the cars lining the one yep. one side behind behind the tri zone, and and the unveiling of the plaques at yeah. the at the clubhouse as well. And that was just you know uh, the fiftieth celebration. The, another two weeks after that, we had our, our you know the alumni weekend. Yeah, and so and then. Like I said, the, the great fall season and then the spring season. So it's been quite a quite a year. Uh, you never knew what you were going to get after the COVID. You know, f- f- in the beginning, with just the fact that you were standing on a pitch playing a game, mm-hmm. that was like exciting. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. That's and then a victory you move right forward, there. Well, now that we're playing, maybe we need to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then once we got back in the swing of things, it was like, you know, there was no such thing as COVID. It's almost like uh, a hard reset. Yeah. For the program, um, but yep, so grateful for uh, the university's support, and I'm so grateful for um, the, the guys' efforts. You know, through a lot of adversity. You mentioned, uh, you know, the the strong alumni uh, background of the scrum alums and everything, and I know that in the fall, President Anarumo traveled down to uh, the championships. Uh, in the spring, he had planned to, but a flight snafu wasn't yes. able to make it. But so you combine uh, combine with the program strong alumni presence, what kind of boost does it give the players and also potentially even you on the sideline to feel that no matter where you play in the country, uh, people are going to fly, people are going to come watch and support the team and the program in person. What's what's that feel? Like? What kind of boost does that give you? Uh, it's amazing, actually. To have that support because uh, m- many teams don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of teams that are clubs or student student activities, they're going to have a lot of support, but it's going to be mostly with the players' parents. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of parents come down to New Orleans, you know, this past weekend. It was great. Um, so 
just having them on the sidelines and 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 um you know the, the scrum alums you know connect reconnect with the guys so it just it's kind of builds on the others you know we had players like Jack Tellison who's a senior who played with players two or three years ago that went to nationals mm-hmm. you know so it, it just builds that uh connection of competition and wanting to to display a quality product you know once you have a quality product you don't want to be i remember uh will rambin when we lost our very first conference game 11 10 i said to him you know at some point you're gonna lose yeah (laughs) and um and that was the fall of 2019 and you know i we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay and we were were okay because that was the only loss we've had since since then and and (laughs) and 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 between 2016 and 20 so six Mm -hmm. years so i mean you don't always have it i'm just kind of amazed at it for me i'm a spiritual type of guy Mm -hmm. and i think of my mom quite often who you know coached me in life and sometimes coached me in baseball when my father couldn't make it. She'd always tell me, Bobby, um, you can't win them all. You know, and she's been up there in heaven directing me since because she died in um, May of 2016. And since she's died, we've been to nine straight. So thank you, Mom. Um, it seems like the game of rugby is continuing to grow seemingly year by year almost month by month at this point with coverage and everything um where do you foresee the game being you know in in five years in in 10 years both at the kind of the collegiate level but also you know the professional level i know i had friends that drove down to washington dc to watch the all blacks play team usa at fedex field yes they drove down from vermont (laughs) um from the professional uh, viewpoint, you know, we have the major league, major league rugby right now. Mm-hmm. And tonight, I was going to go down to see uh, uh, rugby in New York, which is a group that I know a lot because I played my rugby in New York. But I also know a lot of people from the Free Jacks, which is the New England mm-hmm. major league team, and they're playing tonight at seven o'clock. Um, and so that's fantastic. It's on the TV every every week, so that's positive. Most of those players from overseas, it's mm-hmm. not an American product. Okay. But the college product rugby is really solid. Like most every university has rugby. Now, it's not, not always varsity like us and supported like us. So a, the question you gave me was, what do I see in the future? And I see a lot more teams like Norge that will have a coach that will be supported by the university. We go through the athletic department, which it should be. Because, you know, uh, it's really important you do those kinds of things because with that support of the athletic department and this university, you, you're going to get an athletic trainer. So the safety of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the players. So it's all, all, all good stuff. And um, so I think future rugby is here. It's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone uses a, a term. I'm tired of hearing it because I've heard it for 30, <laughs> 40 years. Is sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we just got to move beyond that. Um, 
it's just that the other countries are just so far ahead of us from a professional standpoint. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I look back when we were c- coming back from uh, New Orleans. I realized that uh, May of 1972 was the first time I saw rugby. My high school football coach, Roger Dennis, who played rugby and football at Columbia University, said, Bobby, do you want to go up and watch a game? So I went up to West Point Mm -hmm. and saw a tournament. And the last 50 years of my life, I've either coached or played rugby. So it's kind of, it's sort of, it's been 50 years mm-hmm. uh, of being involved with the sport, and um, I'm grateful for that. And just, I just really felt that this these group of guys this past weekend just battled as hard as they could, and they were really disappointed and disheartened because they wanted to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to, and my motivation was for Chris Munn, who you know, this is the first national sevens tournament we've been since he passed just before covid um and i know he's proud of the boys because he he struggled you know with that with the als which is not a you know it's a it's a disease that's tough yeah, it's an awful yeah and he battled disease. and um so we battled like chris battled in life you know during this weekend with injuries and just inexperience so i was really really proud of the the boys um so yeah i would say the future of Norwich Rugby looks very bright, you know. The new clubhouse, assistant coach coming in, keeping the continuity going. Yes. No, and it's just it comes from the alumni support, the Scrum alums, which I'm so grateful for. Uh 21 years of support from Tony Mariano who just retired. Mm-hmm. Um he was very supportive of the, of the of the rugby program and he's the one who hired me. And one of the reasons why I came here, because I really like Tony. Um, and now, you know, Ed is very supportive just in the short amount of time mm-hmm. um, that he's been on board as athletic director. And then, uh, you know, uh, President Snyder was, was a big supporter. He was on board when I got hired. And now, you know, President Anarumo is also uh, sees the value of uh rugby here at Norwich and he's been very supportive of me and he's the one who you know ultimately agreed to, to get an assistant coach on board so I'm, I'm grateful to President Anarumo for that. Coach it's been a long season for you I hope you have some rest planned here this summer. Yeah I, <laughs> uh, I gotta do my rosters for uh, preseason mm-hmm. I mean we in less than um, yeah middle middle of August we're going back I for know. 15 it, so uh, you blink and it's over. It, it's uh yeah, I I will get some I'll get some time off. I'm really look forward to heading up to Maine to Rugby Farm where I decompress and recharge my battery. Excellent. Well, coach, thanks for for taking the time to to hop on the podcast with us this month. Thank you, Tanner. All right, yep. thanks. We thank Coach Wiggler for taking the time to join us on the show. A busy summer ahead for him and like you said before you know it. The guys will be reporting for next season in August. We thank you again for tuning in to Reveille, the official podcast of Norwich University Athletics. And per usual, we will let the sounds of the Norwich University Regimental Band take you home.